Hey y'all, welcome to NOLA Hearts, a podcast to raise awareness about congenital heart defects. On this week's Lanyap episode, we'll hear from mom, Amy Porter. Amy will discuss her son Artie's heart journey as a CHD survivor. Without further ado, here's Amy. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Lana and Sue, so much for having me. Um, My name's Amy Porter, and I am a queer mother of two, and I have bachelor degrees in music and education, and I've been working for the last seven-plus years in early childhood education. Um, My two kids, my eldest is Frankie. She's a feisty four-year-old, and my youngest is Arturo, who is just coming up on his very first birthday, so it's a very exciting time for all of us. Uh, for many different reasons. Artie is our our heart warrior. Um, When I got pregnant in late 2019, I mean, you kind of expect your journey just to be a regular old thing. But then the world went into lockdown in March of 2020. And I was just coming up on my 20-week anatomy scan. So thankfully, I was able to put my feet up because I was very uncomfortable but we were all able to go to his anatomy scan together. So my wife and my daughter and I went, and this is where we found out that we were going to have a little boy. We were actually quite surprised. We, my wife and I figured that we were going to have a girl, but no, he's a little boy. And it took a long time, but we did end up settling on the name Arturo, or Artie for short. As time went on, I kept getting bigger and, uh, At one of my OB regular appointments, my doctor was a bit concerned with how large my belly was measuring. She said, you're like measuring five weeks ahead. So either I was having an abnormally large baby or I had too many fluids or something, but we knew exactly when he was conceived. There's no wiggle room in that for my IUI appointments. So she sent me in for a routine ultrasound at 28 weeks. So I went in, and uh, I'm, I'm a bit of a research nerd. Uh, whenever I've had any kind of an ultrasound, I always like to try to figure out what it is that I'm looking at. Um, I think it's a really fun kind of puzzle to sort out, and it makes me feel super smart, even though it's fairly, fairly obvious. But uh, for a routine ultrasound that was supposed to be looking at my fluid levels, we definitely were not looking at my fluid levels. She was looking at his heart. I remember her writing down the words L-Vot and R-Vot. Like, what is that? She just kept clicking and measuring and clicking and measuring. And of course, the sonographer can't tell you anything. They're not allowed to. They're not the doctor. So she just kept measuring and clicking very deliberately and very silently. And after about 25 minutes, she left to go get the pictures verified. And then she was gone for another 25 minutes. And then when she came back, I was told that I was allowed to go. And as I waddled down the two flights of stairs afterward, and I got in the car and my wife was in there, I sat down beside her and I I looked at her and I said, something's wrong with his heart. And I mean, I tried to brush it off as paranoia, but I could feel that something was not right and I just couldn't couldn't figure out what exactly it was at that point in time and so 
she said, well, if something's wrong, then the doctor will call. And the doctor called later that night and said, we need you to come in for an appointment tomorrow as soon as you can. The next day showed up and I mean, how do you, how do you parent a three-year-old when your mind is racing and is in crisis? So we, I sat down beside her and we just watched endless movies all morning and going through my mind from the moment I had that call up until afterward were, were three kids. First, uh, George Kemp. He's the son of a good friend of mine. Um, he was diagnosed with dilated cardiomyopathy at five months old and had his first transplant just shy of nine months old. And then his heart failed and he had a second heart transplant. They spent over 200 days in hospital. So he's had two heart transplants before the age of four. And I know now through his experience that transplant is not a cure and that donor hearts do not live forever and that one day he is going to need another one. So George was on the top of my mind. And then there was another friend of mine whose son was diagnosed with many different uh, defects while still in utero. And uh, his chances of survival were very, very slim. And he survived only briefly after his birth. And I think about this little baby every single day. And the impact that he's made on me has been absolutely immeasurable. And then I would think about my own baby growing inside of me. And I, I had a really hard time trying to figure out where, where are we going to fit into this? I knew it was going to be about his heart, but I, I don't know, is he going to need a heart transplant? Is he going to survive? What, what is it that's going to happen? So I went in for that appointment, and because of COVID, I have to do it completely alone. My wife was not allowed to come with me. And I sat in the, in the medical room, and the doctor came in, and she said, I'm really sorry, but your, your baby has a fatal heart defect called transposition of the great arteries. Basically, what that means is that his arteries are built backwards. They were grown in the wrong position. And I, I really wanted to be in the moment and not just have the world crash around me. I wanted to absorb everything that she had to say. So I looked at her and I said, well, what are his chances? And she said, I don't know. So I thought to myself, I'm like, okay, well, is it repairable? And she said, I really don't know. The hospital will be in contact with you and uh, to give you the formal diagnosis. And then they'll take care of you from there. And she asked if I had any, any other questions. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, I have like a thousand questions. But it was clear that this doctor wasn't specialized in heart defects. And that's totally okay. So I just asked her to write down his diagnosis for me. And so she wrote transposition of the great arteries on a sticky note and handed it to me and told me not to Google it, which is completely opposite of what I do. I Google absolutely everything and I do research for fun in my spare time. And because it was a week in between that appointment and the hospital appointment, I really dove right in to, to figure out what it is that I was up against. And what I found was this. First, 
that his condition is repairable through an open heart surgery sometime within the first 10 days of life. And second, that his surgery has a 96% success rate. So right off the bat, I felt a lot better, at least knowing that there was some sort of a solution. Um, We had so many virtual appointments with doctors and the hospital, and I had a ton of fetal echoes, and I was part of a study to see whether his foramen ovale would stay open after birth, uh, which is its own special thing. Um, And it seemed like everything should be okay. I was induced, and he had a bit of distress, but we made it through okay, and I, I delivered and he was transported to the, the children's hospital across the river. And within three hours after birth, his oxygen saturation plummeted dangerously low. But thanks to the prenatal diagnosis that we had and that we knew ahead of time, the doctors knew exactly what was wrong and they knew exactly how to fix it. And so they medically paralyzed him and sedated him and raced a catheter up into his heart and ripped a hole between the atriums so that oxygen could reach his extremities. But what I've learned is that a prenatal diagnosis for CHD is missed 50 to 70% of the time. And those numbers are not good enough. Had we not known that his heart was broken before I had delivered, he would have died. And it's incredible to me that we haven't yet brought those numbers up to to catching it 70% of the time instead of missing it 70% of the time. I also realize that I'm extremely privileged. I live in Canada and I have free health care. So I have never once had to worry about the cost of saving my son's life. And it really breaks my heart that that is a huge determining factor for so many people, or at least knowing that having a child with special needs is going to break the bank. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy thing to think about when, when you know that the cost of CHD, the hospital cost of CHD in the U.S. is over $1.5 billion annually. I'm also, I realize my privilege in living in a city that has a world-renowned heart clinic The Stollery Children's Hospital does approximately half or not, if not more, of the heart transplants across Canada. We've had top-notch care, and um, on his seventh day of life, Artie went in for his open-heart surgery, and eight days later, we left with a prescription for infant Tylenol and vitamin D, and that was it. Coming up on his first birthday, I am completely amazed at his strength and resilience. He's a hefty 25-pound boy um, who absolutely adores his big sister. And I am so grateful that I get to be his parent. His journey has completely changed me from the inside out. And I couldn't be more grateful to call him mine. But what I want people to really know is that although this experience 
feels completely isolating, um, that you are not alone, whether you're struggling with infertility or having a child with special needs, special medical needs, um, there are other people who share your story. And going through something like this definitely leaves its emotional and physical scars behind. And if you're struggling with mental health after experiencing something so traumatic as watching your child fight for their life, that that is understandable and there is help out there for you. Utilize the resources out there because your life is just as valuable as your child's. If you're curious about my son's journey, um, I documented all of it on Instagram from before birth to uh, getting his one year all clear in March of 2021. And you can follow him on Instagram at Amy E underscore Porter. Thank you again, Lana and Sue, so much for having me. It's been a real honor to be able to share my story. Thank you again, Amy, for sharing Artie's story. We appreciate you sharing your journey with us so that everyone can learn from it and feel as though they are a part of it. Please make sure to share your personal stories with us, whether your kids, adults, or anyone else you know with CHD. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Nola Hots. Looking forward to the next episode. Don't forget, no judgment here. It's all about survival. Cheers.